The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Here's what we do. 30 minutes every week. The best 30 minutes of on-demand audio or video content as it relates to betting on the National Football League. The schedule came out last Wednesday night. We've had plenty of time to dissect it. I even spoke to Warren Sharp yesterday, who's perhaps the greatest schedule inequity researcher on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Highly encourage you to check that out. Steve and I will get into in a little bit NBA, Major League Baseball, but we got to start with the NFL schedule release. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, bunch of podcasts. Check me out at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod on social media or you can always check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. He's Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, which, as many of you know, is the Super Bowl of professional sports betting. The one and only Steve Fezzik, who, by the way, had a very cool tweet, I thought, this week, Steve. That related to Joe Girardi. I like that. Tell me that story. Yeah, so Joe and I graduated same class, Northwestern, industrial engineering. I always get a kick out of so many people you'd see, like random fans. Oh, Girardi's an idiot. He has no idea what he's doing, etc. And Joe was a fine engineering student at Northwestern. I remember one time he's studying at Tech Lives, and I said, Joe, it's midnight. Don't you have a game tomorrow? And he's like, yes, Steve, but, um, you know, baseball won't always be there for me. I've got to make sure that I get my priorities straight. (laughs) Well, look, turns out baseball worked out just fine for him. That is really funny. Uh, Baseball will always be there for him. Um, That is is awesome. I love hearing stories about like that. So he was a pretty serious guy. 
Yeah, he was, and he was the friendliest guy, obviously popular athlete and the like, but very approachable. I don't know anyone that would have anything negative to say about Joe at Northwestern, just the consummate um, collegiate athlete um, embodied. Are you, um, were you an industrial engineering major? I was, yes. Wow. And how do you go from industrial engineering major to being a, you were an actuary, correct? Yeah, industrial engineering works a lot with probability and statistics. So based upon that, becoming an actuary was a natural thing to do after I got done with, um, with college. That's interesting because I'm not a big baseball guy, but that's not really what Girardi's known for, is he? Like he's more thought of as like an old school coach. He's not thought of as like a metrics analytics guy. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he is not. And that is interesting because I would make the case he's more qualified than any of the other MLB managers to be an analytics geek. That is really interesting. Got it. Okay. So we might get into some Major League Baseball stuff at the end, but our bread and butter is the NFL. Our track record of being up over 100 units over the last four years together speaks for itself. And I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, last week, you gave us some things to look at in the schedule, some actionable items that people could look for and then take advantage of, whether it was season win total or week one lines pretty much immediately. And of course, we dissected the Atlanta Falcons having one of the worst schedules I've ever seen. Now, I don't know if you had a chance to read Warren's story yet or listen or watch Warren Sharp yesterday on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I want to get your thoughts on that. But before I actually get into the Warren stuff, were there anything, were there anything that jumped out to you, Steve, when you analyzed the schedule and said, oh boy, that's a major problem, that's a major issue, I am placing a bet on this team season win total, or you took a note and filed something away for either a week one line, or some of these places are even coming out with lines for the whole season. Yeah, just breaking news, the Westgate here in Las Vegas just came out yesterday with lines every single game all 18 weeks. You want to bet on any NFL regular season game, boom, you can bet $1,000. There's a side and a total up at Westgate. So kudos to them. You know, one thing that stood out, Jacksonville, we always talk about excessive travel, not good for a team. Jacksonville is the only team on the East Coast that is top five in travel miles. A big part of that is they do have to go to London. And I also noticed end of the year games, December and January, Jacksonville has three games at sites that could have cold weather in December and January. I looked at all the Southern California teams, the Florida teams, and Houston. None of them have more than one. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be actively looking to bet against the Jaguars, fire and ice, come late in the year on the road games. So the question there for me is, is that enough to go under on the, on the win total? You know, Trevor Lawrence is the big question mark, and I want to see how he plays. So I think I'm going to wait and evaluate and not fire on the six-and-a-half season to win number. I'm going to pass on that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's – you usually like to fade rookie quarterbacks, but you're kind of you, – you said recently that 
you're not so sure you're going to continue doing that. Yeah, if there's one thing I've gotten wrong with my quarterback rankings consistently is that I sandbag the rookies and I put them down on the very bottom of the list. And for the most part, they have overperformed versus at least my expectations. And we saw, you know, last year Burrow played very well. Herbert played very well. And it seems like I'm always starting these quarterbacks too low in my power ratings, maybe biased based upon how Elway struggled, Manning struggled early on. And in recent years, that really hasn't been the case. It's a good point. Um, now, I'm curious about this. How do you recognize that you've got an issue and then adjust, right? Like this is the off season. It's May. At some point, you made the, you figured out that you ranked these rookie quarterbacks too low and you're going to make an adjustment. How did you recognize it and how much of an adjustment do you make? Yeah, so you know, I had Lamar Jackson at the very bottom of my quarterback listings, Burrow, bottom five. And I said, you know what? Let me just go ahead and take a look. For a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he probably should be ranked as an average quarterback already, given his pedigree coming out of college. Let me not start him towards the bottom when he's been so well thought of for the last couple of years. I have to start him in the middle of the pack and be an average quarterback. Got it. Okay. Anything else? You mentioned Jacksonville. That's a good one. I hadn't heard that. Top five travel miles at three cold weather games, December, January. That's a good one. Anything else that you found? Uh, the bad Thursday night travels. And these are probably games you want to bet against these teams just in general for these individual games. But it's bad for them across the season. You never want to travel on a Thursday, short week. You certainly don't want to travel a couple time zones. Green Bay has to go to Arizona. Las Vegas has to go to Dallas. Kansas City goes to the Chargers. And San Francisco at Tennessee. So those are the four Thursday night really bad travel spots. Got it. Okay. Those are more single game situations. I'm going to fire off some of these things that Warren found to you when you're ready. Are you ready? Do you have any more? I'm ready. I love Warren Sharp. Okay. So one of the things Warren talked about was net rest edge. The Carolina Panthers have 12 rest day advantage over their opponents. You know, it might be a game here, might be a full seven days there where they're coming off a bye and their opponent isn't, whatever. But they've got a they've got plus 12 net rest edge. The Patriots Minus 15 net rest edge, meaning over the course of the year, the Patriots' opponents have 15 more days of rest and preparation than do the Patriots. What's really interesting, Steve, is like the dichotomy between those two. That's a 27-point delta. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big difference. My question for you is, I give you that information. What is your reaction to it? I imagine a big part of that is buys. Probably Carolina doesn't have to place, face any teams that are coming off a buy. The Patriots pro probably are facing three teams off of a buy. And so it's a little bit biased to have these extreme numbers. Does it really matter if somebody has 10 days off or 14 days off? I will say bye weeks are interesting. Teams that play on the road off a of buy do much better against the spread than teams that are home off of a buy. 
I've thought about this. I'm not sure I can really explain it, but I would certainly look at that to see those games when the Patriots are playing teams off of a bye. Uh, if the Patriots are on the road, it's not as big a deal historically than if they're at home because of those stats. But I do think the most significant ones in terms of rest, if you're getting seven days of rest and you're play, playing a team that is off a Monday night football game, for instance, that's really getting five and a half, I think that that is, you know, even even though that's only a one game differential, that's significant in my eyes. And I wouldn't overreact to these extra seven days of these bye weeks that can really skew these numbers to an excess, I think. So how much of a difference is it for road bye teams than, than home bye teams? I think if you're off of a bye in your home, I'm sorry, I don't have them right in front of me updated, but it is, um, it's no real advantage against the spread. If you're off of a bye and you're on the road, it's a significant uh, winner to go ahead and blindly bet that team off of a bye. Got it. All right. The Eagles have a stretch. This is another Warren Sharper. Because we didn't go over all of these on the Raw Sucker podcast. It was mainly me kind of peppering Warren and going back and forth and having a dialogue and also challenging him on how much of an impact it really makes. And what is the do we actually have data that indicates what it really means? The Eagles, four games in 17 days. They're the only team doing that. It's a Sunday, Monday night, Sunday, Thursday, I guess is how it goes. Uh, does that mean anything to you? It does. And, you know, I think back to last year's COVID year where I think the Ravens had to play on a Wednesday, then a Tuesday, then a Monday, then a Sunday. So they kept having to play six-day weeks. That cumulative impact – I absolutely do think is significant where you're just not giving your body enough time to rest. You know, one thing that's interesting about the Eagles, they have a very much front-loaded schedule. I think in their first seven games, they play the Lions and six, you know, arguably pretty good teams where they'll be an underdog. And if things go south early for the Eagles, a team that has contended, obviously, for championships in the past, I could see it just go to a full rebuild mode for the Eagles, if they do start out the year two and five, one and six. The Bears, Steelers, and Washington all have six games versus teams with more rest and time to prepare than they do. So we have the net rest edge. This is actually on a week-to-week basis. Six times, whoever the Bears are playing, they have an extra day or week or whatever rest edge um, than, than the Bears do. Uh, six times for Bears, Steelers, Washington. Your thoughts? I think that that is very significant because just that one extra day can really make a huge difference. And remember, I'm talking all the time about Thursday where uh, the road team has the same amount of time to prepare as the home team, and they do lousy on the road, especially if they have to travel over a 1,000 miles just because of that one extra day that they can't prepare due to travel. So I would imagine that, that that's very significant that, um, you know, Pittsburgh is up against it. You know, Pittsburgh is one of the hardest schedules in the NFL already. So we're already looking to bet the Steelers under in general for their season win under eight and a half. Here's another reason to do that. I, that'll tip me over the edge. I think Steelers under eight and a half is a good wager. You know, I think that, 
That's an interesting stat from Warren. I think in terms of like season win total, I think what's more interesting is the net game edge, meaning the Chiefs have five games where they have more rest and time to prepare for the game than their opponent. The They only have one game where their opponent has more time. This is probably the one that jumps out to me the most from a season win total. You know, that's that's interesting about the Bears, but how many times do the Bears have more time to prepare and rest? The Chiefs have a plus four game edge, which is the biggest in the NFL. As if they needed, Steve, any more of an edge. Five games they have more time, you know, rest and time to prepare, and only one game they don't. So a plus four game edge, I personally think rather than net day rest edge, how many is the, what? what is the net game rest edge? How many games they have more than their opponent and how many games less? The Chiefs are top at plus four. That makes sense to me. And interesting, what team is going to have the highest ratings in the playoffs for the NFL, but the Kansas City Chiefs, an A-plus to the schedule maker who um, any chance you could give the Chiefs the very best chance to advance, you should do it just for ratings. Ditto with Tampa Bay, right? The last thing you want to see is the Tennessee Titans to find their way into a Super Bowl. Conversely, Steve, the Bears, Vikings, Raiders, Patriots, Titans, Washington, they all have a minus three net game edge, meaning their opponent has more time to prepare for them for the game than they do three times over the course of the year. So like the Bears, right? The Bears, their opponent has six. The Bears have three where they have the edge. So it's minus three net game edge. For Bears, Vikings, Raiders, Patriots, Titans, Washington, it's not ideal. No, you know, and a lot of times, too, if you're one of these marquee teams and you get put on Monday Night Football more than another team, well, then the next week you're up against it because, you know, not only are you getting one less day, but you're really getting one and a half fewer days because you got five and a half days to prepare. Your your opponent has seven, so... The game after that Monday night game, certainly not ideal for a team. The Bengals and the Panthers each have zero games where their team, where their opponent has more time to rest and prepare than they do. Zero. That's just stunning to me that Washington, Pittsburgh, and Chicago have six where their opponent has more. Bengals and Panthers, not a single game where their opponent has more time to rest and prepare. The question is, Steve, what do we do about it? What does it matter? You know, a lot of this, I think, doing the scheduling analysis, and Warren is the best at it, is you go through, and like like he's made those notes with the Eagles with the four games in the 18 days, and obviously that, thir- that Thursday game is going to be the most pressing of them all, and put just a big red check mark by that game saying, there is no way. I am betting on the Eagles on in that fourth game. I'm looking to play against them or I'm looking to pass that game. And you can start doing that now with your schedule analysis. So here's you already know which side you're leaning on 
with a lot of these games in terms of the rest advantage in those weeks. So here's what I asked Warren. What do we know? Like what what data do we have that having more or less time to prepare for your opponent makes a big difference? I mean, like anecdotally, it sounds like it should, right? But has that been proven out over time? He said it has an impact on the point spread. Are, do you believe that they're aware of that, Steve? Do you believe when they're setting point spreads? I mean, they're obviously aware when one team's coming off a bye and other team's not, which is probably a lot of these. Then the other time is short weeks. Do you think that they, like, how much do, do you think that they weight that? And how much do they weight that? I think the odds makers get way more credit than they deserve. I hear that all the time. Vegas knows everything. The truth is Vegas knows nothing compared to the sharpest betters. For the most part, remember, it's Sunday afternoon. The games are just wrapping up. Everyone's exhausted. They've been The odds makers have been dealing all these live odds. Oh, it's time to put up the odds for next week. What are we going to do? Well, oh, here's my power rating list. And I, I got the Chiefs seven points better than average and Tampa Bay six points better than average. It's on a neutral site. Uh, Kansas City minus one. Next game. I mean, literally, that is what the way it's done. I, and I've been in those offices because the bottom line is the limits aren't that high. You want to get the numbers up. And if you miss miss a game by a point, so what? One bet and you're where it needs to be. To actually think that the odds makers going through the schedule analysis with a deep dive and adjusting for all these factors, it's just not true. Now, what happens is the sharpest bettors are aware of this, and they're just salivating. They're waiting. Hey, Cleveland's off of a bye. Baltimore just played Pittsburgh. I'm betting the Browns when this number comes out because the odds makers aren't going to adjust enough for the value of that buy for Cleveland later in the year. Got it. That that was sort of my question, Was which was what is the actual – impact uh i did want to get your thoughts on some of the stuff going on with the nba playoffs i will say this how about our dudes over at DraftKings? all players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game for every 1500 players who bet the over the over under will drop by a point it's time to hammer the over I'm sure you've seen the tweets. Get on your DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code ROSS. Hammer the over. They're giving you free money. This is your chance to improve the odds. Hammer it. Hammer the over. Promo code ROSS. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Speaking of that, Steve, I know you and I were texting. I always love to get your thoughts on what's going on in these other sports, playing games. You have an idea on playing games. I'm telling everybody to hammer the over, but you got another idea. Well, hammer hammer the over at DraftKings, but if you're betting anywhere else, not that you necessarily would, uh, hammer the under because I went back and looked going back to 2003 and in double elimination games, game seven, if you blindly bet under, 63% of the games have gone under in the NBA in Game 7s since 2003. So why is that? I'd make the case two reasons. 
One is teams have made um, adjustments to limit the offense of the opponent. You get to know your opponent really well. And we see that as a playoff series gets deeper and deeper and deeper, the totals tend to slowly go downward properly. But also the whole concept of winner take all and this game decides the series is huge. And because of that, teams play closer to the best. Teams are less likely to shoot early in the shot clock and defensive intensity is at its highest. And because of that, that all points towards under. Well, you can say, well, it's not game seven, it's game one. But um, these game ones are deciding the series and they're double elimination for the playoffs for the 9-10 seeds. Loser does go home. I bet all four of these playing games to go under. I'm pretty confident I've got the best of it. But it's not the same as game seven because they haven't been playing against each other, right? That's correct. So we are missing out on that um, further reason why the total would be less. But remember, the odds makers are aware of that familiarity. So they make massive adjustments typically by, by the time, if you look at the average game one total versus the average game five total versus the average game seven total, it's significantly lower in almost every playoff series because of that factor. And that didn't happen here. The odds makers did not adjust these numbers like they would have tweaked an average game seven in a series. Uh, speaking of some of these playing games, Lakers, Golden State, uh, You, I know you were thinking that the, the market still believe in the Lakers, and you think that the Lakers-Golden State game will move the future odds for Utah and Phoenix. Tell me about it. Yeah, so Utah's sitting, obviously, as the one seed. Phoenix, the number two. But the Lakers are still the favorite to win the West, despite being in a play-in game. They're the team that you want no part of. So the Lakers are only favored by four and a half. They could lose this game against Golden State. If they fall to the eight, all of a sudden the Utah Jazz just got screwed to an epic proportions. They're going to be a one seed that's going to be the underdog in their first-round playoff game if they have to play the Lakers. So the, the very worst bet you could possibly make is to bet the Utah Jazz right now to win the West or win the title until the Lakers game goes final. you got to make sure the Lakers win tonight. You want no part of the Jazz who might be up against the Lakers in round one as an underdog. Ooh, okay. Very interesting. Um, you mentioned the Westgate releasing their line for every NFL game all year, side and total. I've asked just previous years, but have you bet any games during the season? Like, have you bet week seven or week 11? Have you done that? You know, I'm mad. I, I identified one bet on week two that I thought was just phenomenal. The Vikings are at Arizona, plus three and a half, and the line moved. It's not plus three and a half, lay a dollar ten anymore. But uh, Vikings are better than Arizona. Um, Vikings can't be getting three and a half. Um, but I haven't gone through the entire schedule. But inevitably, invariably, there's going to be, you know, 10 or 12 that I wind up betting. And typically with so much product out there, everyone's so busy betting the NBA, betting the WNBA, betting MLB, that these numbers don't get hit right away like they would say if a Super Bowl props come out. People are reluctant to, you know, tie up their money for five months of the year. Wanted to get your thoughts as well. You had thoughts on pro football focus ranking Tom Brady as the number two quarterback in the NFL. You know, I almost canceled my pro football focus membership. 
this number makes no sense. This is not a lifetime achieve, achievement award. Uh, Tom Brady's going to be 44. Tom Brady is still a really good quarterback, and we can have a nice debate. Should he be a top 10 quarterback in your rankings or not this year? But to place him number two, please. I mean, come on. Who would you rather have, Tom Brady or Russell Wilson? Apparently, there's a whole lot of people that disagree with me, and if they do, well, let's go ahead and make a side bet on which quarterback will have the better QBR rating this year because I expect Tom Brady will be right you know, around 10th for the year, and the disparity or the difference between him and the very best quarterbacks, he's 44. What's been our history? Quarterbacks fall off the cliff at 41. Just because Brady didn't fall off the cliff at 43 and he wound up being ninth in the league doesn't mean he could be completely washed up this year. It could happen despite all the kale shakes he's been having all year long. Lastly, I know there was an MLB point you wanted to make. I don't understand why there aren't two MLB day games each and every day. People aren't interested in MLB. It takes the back burner to everything else, and especially with the NBA playoffs starting and with live wagering and all these games and the like, you would think MLB would reach out to all the individual teams and say, you know what, Chicago Cubs, play a day game at Wrigley and all the time, and we'll subsidize you for your revenue that you lose because the local TV is not in prime time. And the same with all the different baseball teams. Ross, how much happier are you just to have a baseball game on as you're doing your day-to-day work? No, I think it's a good point because as sports betting gets more and more popular, you know, there's a lot of value in being the only game on, the only game in town. And I think they'll start to realize that sooner rather than later that, there's day games, you know, it just becomes the background music, background noise for people while they're working. And they just have it up on the screen. Once the NBA playoffs come, people aren't watching regular season baseball at night. It's just not happening. So I think that's a great point, Steve. I think this was an awesome, awesome episode. Looking forward to a special guest next week, which should be a ton of fun now that we've given you everything you need to know We gave you the NFL schedule stuff ahead of time, and then we did the breakdown, including the Warren Sharp info and Steve's info on Jacksonville, rookie quarterbacks. I love it. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana. 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.